Bibles, please, to the book of Proverbs, chapter 25. Proverbs 25. We are studying about how to be spiritual and uh, just try to give a brief review to remind you of the foundation which has already been laid and the precepts so that we can uh, go on and understand uh, the ruling of the Spirit. So let's look at uh, Proverbs 25 and look at verse 23. Proverbs 25, verse 23. The north wind driveth away rain, so doth an angry countenance a backbiting tongue. It is better to dwell in the corner of the housetop than with the brawling woman and in a wide house. Nobody said amen. Man, that, that was a good chance right there. As cold waters to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far country. A righteous man, now look at this, falling down before the wicked is as a troubled fountain and a corrupt spring. It is not good to eat much honey, so for men to search their own glory is not glory. He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. So look at verse 28 again. I'd encourage you to memorize that verse. I believe it's very, very important. He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you'd give us wisdom, help us to understand volition, free will. We're made in thine image and stewardship to manage wisely over our life, which you've entrusted us with, and especially for this study, our spirit. The song, the sweet spirit in this place, the Holy Spirit, governed by thy will. Help us to understand the unity of the trichotomy of body, soul, and spirit in having a spirit that is ruled wisely, not out of control, but is in submission to free will and also thy will and thy spirit. We pray that you'd lead us as to what to say, how to say it, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So just a very quick review. We're talking about how to be spiritual. According to God's Word in, in this study, there are three types of men, natural man, carnal man, spiritual man. Natural man is lost without God. He is depraved. He cannot come to God unless the Father draws him. No man seeketh after God. There is none that doeth good. There is none righteous. No, not one. The Bible even says the plowing of the wicked is sin. So the natural man uh, obviously is lost. He has no potential whatsoever to be spiritual. The second type is carnal. This is a saved man, born again, but still controlled by the senses. So he's very uh, fleshly still, very immature spiritually. He's controlled by what he sees, smells, hears, what he feels. He's controlled by other people. 
He is controlled by the weather. He is controlled by what happens on the job. He is controlled by circumstances and happenings of life. He still has no control of himself through the wisdom and the power of God. He's still carnal, and, uh, but he has the potential to be spiritual. So then we're looking at the goal is to be spiritual. Be saved, born again, indwelt by the Spirit, walk after the Spirit, be filled with the Spirit. And then as we're going to look at tonight, to have this ability to rule His own Spirit, to be in control. So remember, Jesus Christ is who? The King of kings and the Lord of lords. What does that mean? He is the King, not just of the kings of the world, but Revelation 1, 6 Every believer, he has made us kings and priests unto himself. So if you're saved, you're a king. You are to rule and reign. And so Christ is the king of kings. We submit to his authority. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. There is the head and the hierarchy and the chain of command. And so God wants us to rule and reign in righteousness so that what? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we ought to understand these principles. But one of the main ones is, if you don't know yourself, you cannot know God fully. If you don't understand yourself, you can never rule your own spirit. So biblically, we know in in that day, in the culture, in the time of history, the major cities had walls. Very, very thick, very, very high. They had gates. There was a tower with the watchmen in the tower to warn uh, the people of invading armies and these types of things. God likened the prophet to warning the wicked. If we do not warn the wicked, their blood is still on our hands. This is in the Old Testament dispensation. If we warn them, then we are free from the responsibility and the accountability. But these cities had walls. And so it says that if, if you have no rule over your own city, it, I'm sorry, your own spirit, it's like a city with no protection, no walls surrounding it. And the enemy can easily invade And this is what's happening in a lot of people's life. If the devil cannot attack you externally, he will try to sneak in. He will try to invade in a subtle manner to then infiltrate. And this is what we're seeing in the government, in a lot of people's lives, uh, geographical areas with the principalities, these things that are going on. We need to understand to be spiritual. You cannot be filled with the Holy Spirit if you cannot rule your own spirit. It's impossible. So the goal is rule our own spirit so that Paul said, I serve God with my spirit, little s, Romans 1, 9. So then we can yield to the spirit, recognize the spirit, have spiritual discernment, and be filled with the Spirit, or else what's going to happen? We will quench the Holy Spirit. We will grieve the Holy Spirit, and we will not have 
the power of the resurrected life. So remember Romans 8, 14, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So this leading, as we talked about recently, is very important. Goodness and mercy will follow us, but we want the, the filling, the contents in the container, the repletion be filled with His fullness. So we've been discussing this. I'll give you a real quick uh, reminder. A natural man is dead to God. Children of wrath, children of disobedience, cannot communicate with God. Uh, death is passed upon all men for that all have sin. Utter depravity. So his spirit is dead to God. A carnal Christian, he is saved. His spirit is not dead to God. He's born again, regenerated, brought back to life through the faith and the baptism into Christ, uh, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. But something has happened, as we've been discussing. His soul um, has now been circumcised from the flesh through the baptism of the Spirit. We looked at that in Colossians chapter 2. 9 through 13, but he is lacking this ability to rule his own spirit so that he is very vulnerable, has no protection, has no armor of God, has no wall of defense circumventing around him, very, very easily deceived, easily defeated, easily tricked, easily tempted. He, he is lacking this because he, he does not have this ability to rule. So what does that mean? If you do not rule, you will be ruled by someone or someone else. It's that simple. If you don't stand up for yourself, the Bible says, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. We know that. But the old preachers used to say, if you don't stand for God, you'll fall for anything. You've got to stand up. Having done all, stand. And a part of this is ruling. So it doesn't mean pride or arrogance or haughtiness, because pride goeth before destruction, haughty spirit before fall. What it means is you understand God-given authority. You, remember what the centurion said. He said, Christ, you don't need to come to my house to heal my servant. He said, I'm also a man under authority. I have military men over me. They gave me commands. I obey. I give commands to my subordinates. He says, all you have to do is say the word. It will happen. And remember, Jesus said, uh, I'm not seeing so great faith. No, not in Israel. This was a Roman centurion. He understood authority. So, if God is the king, uh, Christ the King of Kings, He wants to rule and reign in righteousness. Christ in you, the hope of glory through the indwelling Spirit. We're already seated in Christ at the right hand of the Father, according to Ephesians, uh, blessed with spiritual blessings in heavenly places. We know all this. Then we need to know the power of free will. So it is decisions that determine destinies. All of our lives is a culmination of every decision we've made 
up until this point. And we say it all the time. One good decision can change your whole life. One bad decision can ruin your whole life. So we it says it, it is required or counted of a steward that they be found what? Faithful. A, a steward, manager, God has tr entrusted us. Many of the parables in the Gospels, the goodman established, stewards went away, Christ went to heaven. He's coming back. He wants to see, are we faithful, wise steward? He's entrusted us. You say, well, what do I have? You have a life. You have a body, a soul, and a spirit. You have the eternal Word of God. You have the will of God for your life. Christ died and bought the church. God has entrusted us to produce fruit, to be wise stewards. So remember what happened. He'd send the men that worked for him. This was the prophets. They stoned them. They rejected them. And what did he say? I'll send my son. Surely they'll respect my son. What did they do? They crucified him. So there's a lot of people out there. They're about to get it. I mean, and I mean, they're going to get it when the judgment falls because they are not stewards over what God trusted them. This. None of us own anything. We brought nothing into this world. It's certain we're carrying nothing out with us. So the sole person who's more fleshly, Remember, we've talked about this. Spiritual atrophy begins to set in. Because of a lack of exercising our senses to discern good and evil. Casual, lackadaisical, sedentary spiritual life setting in. Basically becoming a spiritual couch potato. Doing nothing for God. Just sitting, doing, idle. Hebrews 4.12 says that the Word of God is sharp, it's quick, it's alive, it's powerful, and it will pierce to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow, and it will discern between the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So what happens is, I call it spiritual atrophy, these parts of us which are to be separated begin to become attached. And so the soul person who's all soul, remember, psychology is the word psyche in the Greek, psychology, it's the study of the soul. No spirit of God, no spirit of man. All spirit, uh, study of the soul in, in the worldly philosophy way of the rudiments of this world. But the Bible tells us we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, Romans 12, 1 and 2. We are to be, have this newness of the mind by how? You've got to yield to the Word of God, the Spirit of God. You have to spend enough time in it and around it so that something transforms in your mind. We talked about this. But the soul person, they're more... Um, controlled by the flesh. And so there's verses in the Bible, the savory meat which my soul loveth. 
The soul loved the meat. It didn't say my tongue loved the meat or my palate or my stomach. My soul loveth. And you'll hear a lot of people in the old days, you know, you've got soul. You got a lot. Uh, I don't know what they really, soul food, soul train, all, all these types of things that I heard as I was growing up in the 70s um, and the 80s. So a lost person is connected to the flesh. A carnal Christian is still selfish and lustful and overly sensitive. These are the type of people that get their feelings hurt easy. It's all about them. They can't get over it. Uh, everything that happens, they look at how, what, how does this affect me? They're, they're not concerned about the lost or God's people, other members in the body of Christ. Um, they are soulish. And so the question then arises, to be spiritual, you have to rule your spirit. To be soulish, you will be ruled by your spirit. You either rule your spirit or your spirit will rule you. And a lot of people don't understand the spirit, this is deep truth, is a spirit. Boy, that is deep. Has a mind of its own has a quality of its own. It is wind. The Bible says, shall we not be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live that God loans us and trusts us and the last breath we take, James said, uh, just as faith is without works is dead, just as the body without the spirit is dead. So we need to take charge and through wisdom, it's required of a steward that they be found faithful. So you think about this. You will either rule your own spirit or your spirit is going to rule you. And the spirit has a spirit of its own. It has a sort of a mind of its own. And it also has a quality of its own. So if you're not in charge of your spirit, the spirit can be a cruel tyrant. It can be a horrible dictator. Most people are slaves to their spirit. Whatever happens, that will affect their spirit. That will cause uh, maybe even a type of a, a quality. And then they're ruled by it. I'm mad. I'm angry. I'm disappointed. I'm upset. I want revenge. I'm jealous. I'm envious. How come I don't have what they have? I am bitter. I want, I just have a bad taste. I'm upset about this and I'm not letting it go. I am afraid. I live in constant fear. You know, I had a guy call me today out from uh, California saying, will you help me out? This evil spirit of fear is just coming over me. You know, I had talked to him quite a long time about it. Um, so, yes, there's evil spirits, foul spirits, devils. We're not talking about that. I'm talking about our spirit, body, soul, and spirit 
it says right here, if you can't rule your spirit, you're like a city broken down and without walls. And you know what happened at the Alamo when they blew the hole in the north wall? Uh, they just funneled in. And I heard a historian say it, was, it would be like if you had something floating in water and you pushed it down and everything just funneled in. And, and it started through the north wall. A city broken down without walls. That's why they'd bring in those huge engines of war and the catapults in Bible times, medieval times. If they could break down part of the wall, they would have a, an inlet in. So the fear of the wicked, it shall come upon them. It opens the door. It's the attack on faith. It insults God. But how many people, they want to be spiritual, but they can't rule their own spirit? Now, it's pretty simple, but a lot of people don't understand this. If you can't make yourself sit still and read the Bible and turn off the noise, turn the television off, the radio, the computers, that stupid phone. Quit listening to people. And if you can't rule your spirit enough to be still and quiet and know that He is God, commune with your own heart on your bed and simply meditate day and night. Hide the Word in your heart. Meditate. Rethink it. Think it again. Ingest it for a while. There's no way you're ever going to be spiritual. Because you can't rule your spirit. But, and a lot of people, they're, they're distracted. And they come up with all these excuses. Uh, attention deficit disorder. You know, ADD. A short attention span. You know why you have a short attention span? You don't have the discipline to rule your spirit to sit still. I mean, I mean, when I grew up, you hear people all the time, grandparents too. Sit still. Sit up. Don't slouch. It's very quiet in here. Pay attention, right? Nowadays, it's like, you know, fidgeting, can't be still. Uh, if you can't rule your own spirit, how are you going to rule your body? Your body's going to do things. You know, it's like, oops. Oh, I didn't mean. Oops, didn't mean to do that. Um, it's very sad most people are controlled by politics, the news, what somebody said at work. They're controlled by it. You hurt my feelings. That's not fair. You really affected me. If you're in control of yourself, you say once and for all, hey, I've got a wall around me, a protection, and you're not getting in. I'll decide if I get mad. I'll decide if I feel good or bad. I'll decide if I'm afraid. I'll decide if I'm sad or lonely. I'll decide. Why? I took charge of my spirit with free will. You know, all these people, they want these uh, mysterious solutions. Is there a website I can go to to get this? Is there some formula? Is there something I can mix together and drink it? No, it's called make a right decision. I build the wall. 
I rule my spirit. I'll decide what I do. So, you know, Brother Hiles used to say all the time, sometimes I'm happy, sometimes I'm blue. My disposition big depends on you. Yeah, isn't that sad, the way we live? Why would you allow your condition of your life to be determined by somebody else? Now, I know I say this, too. This is easier said than done. This takes practice. You will make mistakes. You'll sin. You'll go. You'll come to realize, oh, I realize I let what they said bother me. I let what that person or that look. You know how weak some people are? They, somebody walk by them. They give them that, that snarl. Oh, are you going to let a look? That's why God told Jeremiah, be not dismayed at their faces. Hopefully they'll give you a good one. You know, a smile, a pleasant kind. Hey, what if they don't? Uh, is that going to affect your happiness? Oh, I don't, you're not, you know, you go home. I'm so depressed, honey. What happened? So, well, I was at buying gas and this guy gave me a dirty look. Yeah, no, but you say, that's no, this happens. This is the way most Christians live. So-and-so didn't do this, or they did that, or I think they should have done it this way. So the, the Spirit then, notice, if, if you get angry, let's say, anger will rule you. It'll control what you think about. It'll control how you feel in your heart. It'll control your digestion. It'll control. You may get insomnia and can't sleep at night. You may say something you should have said to your wife or your husband. You may get in trouble with your mouth. Why? Because that spirit that you got angry, you didn't rule it. So now it's ruling over you and it can get you in big trouble. A lot of people live with fear. Uh, a lot of people are in a competition because of low self-esteem, of jealousy and envy, trying to keep up with somebody else. Oh, I can't believe it. They got a new car and I drive this. You know, I know you'd like to have a nicer one, wouldn't we all? But is that going to affect your life, your spirit? So I'm just getting started on this, but just think in conclusion. I was glad when they said unto me, let us enter into the house of the Lord. Amen. It's a house of prayer. It is called by his name. I learned a long time ago when I enter this place or when I get around anybody or God's people, it's no longer about me. It has nothing to do with my day, what happened at work, good or bad. It has nothing to do with Am I sad or glad? Am I depressed? Did something good happen? Something bad happen? You know, a lot of people ruin and wreck their marriage because they bring their job home. You know, and this is really good wisdom. Some of you don't, doesn't look like you think it is. But when you come home from work, leave your work at home. You know, I never tell my wife what I'm going through. I don't tell her the sorrows of the ministry and the attacks 
that, that I go through all. If I did that, remember what Paul said, if I make you sad, how can you make me happy if I make you sad? There's, there's certain things, when you clock out, unless you have, why not just clock out, literally, Amen. all of your life? You're off the clock, maybe you're on salary, you know what I mean. You're off. Don't go home and tell them all the bad things that happen. Um, now, sometimes you may want to share something with somebody, but it shouldn't be a way of life. You, you don't want to vent. That's not the right way to live. Now, and sometimes they say, what's it like out there? What, what, you know, and you'll know the wisdom of what to say and what not and how much. But we should leave these things where they belong and then do what? Rule your spirit. You come home, this can't be. Your face is red, you blow in the door, you knock something down, you kick the dog, you pet the cat. Boy, that didn't make sense. Uh, you, uh, what's wrong with you? You just don't know what happened. You know what's happening? Your spirit's ruling you. you your city is broken down, there's no walls. What you, you just sit there and you go, okay, Lord, I'm turning this over to you. I let go. I forgive. I release. I'd use free will. I will rule my spirit and I yield to the Holy Spirit and I'm going to be kind and gentle and friendly and not faking it. I'm not talking about an actor in a play. I mean, really ruling where you can transform your spirit from fear to peace or anger, whatever it is, frustration. Boy, that's a big, I'm just, well, aren't we all frustrated? Are you alive? You're going to get frustrated, believe me. Are you alive? You're going to get mad. If you believe anything, it's going to make you mad at what's going on out there. Are you going to be afraid? Oh, yeah, there's a lot of danger. But when you, when you rule your spirit, you don't live there. You don't allow it to rule you. So, the spirit can be a cruel tyrant. And that's what's happening to most people. You think about it. No peace, indigestion, can't sleep at night, sadness, sorrow, fear, anger. And, and what's going to happen? It's going to affect your relationships. You're not going to be at peace with your spouse as you would have unless they're very, very understanding and patient. And they'll know, oh, yeah, something's getting at them. And they say, hey, hey, let's just let that one go. You know, I didn't do it. Um, but but it, there's a wisdom to understanding this. And when you understand it, you realize it's not a pill you take. It's not a conference you go to. There's no formula you can ingest not a mysterious solution very simple rule how do you rule intellect awareness you're a soul god made in his image size up the situation what's the right spirit to have i choose this spirit now I, i'm through but look at we read this verse that that uh preceded it Look what it says in verse 23. The north wind driveth away rain. So doth an angry countenance a backbiting tongue. 
You know one of the times you ought to get really mad? When somebody's talking about you behind your back and you know it. When they're a, a disloyal person and they're a, a, a whisper and a backbiter and a gossip, how are you going to get rid of that? Get mad at them! They'll go, whoa. It'll drive it away. Now, your wife just made you a great meal and somebody said something wrong at work, you come home and you're mad at your wife, that's not a right way to live. What did she do? Uh, everything has its place. Everything has its place. All right, let's stand. I think this is very helpful for me. Hopefully it can help you.